Each week, the Word Break podcast answers questions about God, faith, and other spiritual issues. Here is this week's message. Psalm 137. Psalm 137. Psalm 137, started talking to you last uh, month about challenging your future, and when we were together last, we looked at Paul in jail and his attitude in jail and how he teaches us that we should adjust, and he teaches us to excel in excellence and to come out with the right attitude. I want to go to the Old Testament today along the same line. We're not looking at anybody in jail, but we're looking at people in captivity, covenant people, the people of God, the people of Israel, captured and made to serve heathen people. Some people say that the United States can never be overthrown or captured because it's a Christian nation. Well, that doesn't hold true in the Bible. God's people oftentimes found themselves in captivity because of their sins. They were God's people, true enough, but they were not faithful to God, not as faithful as they should have been. And when you read in the Old Testament, you see a cycle. You see the people of God blessed and favored, You see them turn away from God. You see God allowing enemies to overpower them. You see the enemy capturing them and putting them in slavery. Then they call on the name of the Lord who sends a deliverer who delivers them. And then the cycle starts all over again. And in the Old Testament, it's like a wheel turning with with that type of thing, a cycle. Well, when we pick them up today at Psalm 137, covenant people, Israel, are in Babylon. Babylon was led by Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar overthrew Israel. He burned the capital city of Israel, which is Jerusalem. The temple to God was constructed in the center of Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple. He was ruthless. He was evil, and he captured the people of God and led them as slaves away from Israel to Babylon, which is today known as Iraq. The the country of Iraq was formerly Babylon, and Nebuchadnezzar conquering Israel, and you know from looking at a world map how far it is from Israel to Iraq. He led them. 
he led them on foot from the nation of Israel to Iraq to serve him. When we read this text today, we're dealing with their captivity. Here's what they say in verse number one. By the rivers of Babylon, there we, the people of God, sat down, yea, we wept. When we remembered Zion, we hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. For there those who carried us away captive ask of us a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, Sing us one of the Zion songs. How shall we sing the Lord's songs in this foreign land? Oh, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget its skill. If I do not remember you, let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not exalt Jerusalem above my chief joy. Now, there are some movements in these verses that I'd like for us to look at. These are the people of God, and they said they were in tears. They were weeping. Why were they weeping? It said when they remembered Zion. Zion is not a city. It's not a country. It's really another name for the covenant people. It's a name for God's people. There's no land, no piece of geography named Zion. When, when we remember our fellowship, when we remember our relationship, when we remember our praise and worship, when we remember how we used to have church, we sat down and we wept in this idol-worshiping country, this land of Babylon. I want to talk to you today about how to release your faith. But I want to tag this text, what's in a song? Would you say that back to me, please? What's in a song? There are two words I think are very important as we consider this. First one is optimism. And optimism is a disposition or tendency to look on the more favorable side of events or conditions and to expect the most favorable outcome that no matter where I am in life I need to be as optimistic as possible well the second word is pessimism and that's the tendency to see to anticipate or emphasize only the bad or the undesirable outcomes results conditions and problems some people are pessimistic no matter how good it is, they always see what's wrong. No matter how blessed they are, they always have something else to complain about. No matter how well things look like they're going to come out, they always bring up, but what if? And they don't understand that when you talk about faith, it's a matter of risks and rewards. Some people misunderstand in thinking that faith is the sure outcome. But remember, faith is the evidence of things not seen. That faith has to do with our hope. Faith has to do with what we're looking for. And it's our optimism or pessimism that determines the level of our faith. 
<laughs> if you are a negative person, faith cannot work for you. If you're always looking for the dark side, the bad side, the hard side, if you look at me when I preach and you say, yeah, pastor, but you know, what you're saying is easier said than done. You're a person who will never make any progress. Everything in life is easier said than done. To get up and walk from your chair to the door is easier said than done. But if we look at everything as a struggle or too weighty or too hard, if there, there's too much opposition or there are too many things against me, or that every time I think I've taken one step forward, it looks like it's really two steps backwards. Or every time I get a little extra money and thought I was going to be able to do something, the car breaks down, the, the roof begins to leak. I get a phone call about a debt. I just can't get ahead. When you've got that kind of spirit of pessimism, your faith cannot work for you. Faith has to see the impossible, but not only see the impossible, but live the impossible. Faith has to behave as if the opposition cannot overcome us. Because the truth is, where there is real faith, I wish I had a Bible reader, the Bible said, if God be for us, who can be against us? The Bible says that when we look at the situations and circumstances we're in in life, come on, greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. How many heard Paul when he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? And what about when he said, but my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory? The Bible says that the God that we serve slumbers not nor sleeps. And it wants us to always understand that no matter where you are in life, God is there with you. Now, that's not true for people. People say, well, I'm your friend through thick and thin. Yeah, when things get thick, they thin out on you. People said, you know, you, you can always guarantee, count on one thing. I'm right here behind you. That's the problem. You're behind me. I need you beside me. The truth is that God is faithful. He is the only one that you can have in life that is not intimidated by the circumstances. There are many things that we run into in life, especially as believers, because every one of us in this room want a better life. Every one of us in this room wants a better circumstance. Every one of us in this room, no matter how good it gets, we're looking to improve because we ought to be about improvement. We all should be about excellence. We all should be about never settling in one place. We all should be about increase and multiplication. We should all have the desire to live bigger, live better because God is our father. I wish I had a witness. And because God is our father, we don't settle for low class living. We don't settle for living at the level of survival. We're not here to survive. We're here to thrive. We're here to move from strength to strength. From faith to faith. 
And then the Bible says, from glory to glory. And optimism and faith work together. Faith is not the absence of problems. It's the addition of power to meet those problems. Let me try that again. I said faith is not the absence of problems. It's the addition of power to meet those problems. When I first started driving a car, my driving instructor had to explain to me what a passing gear was. Because he's teaching me how to pass a slower moving vehicle in front of me. But then he said, push down on the gas. Well, when I pushed on the gas, the car jerked and speeded up. That frightened me as a driving student. I thought maybe I'd done something wrong. The driving instructor said, no, you haven't done anything wrong. That's a passing gear. That means when you need more strength, more energy, when you need more power, when you push on the gas, the car knows it needs to speed up. And you get additional horsepower, I wish I had a witness, to get you ahead of what's in your way. And the truth of the matter is, that's what faith is. Your faith is a passing gear. So that when you get to a place where you need more power, your faith kicks in and gives you the strength and the stamina and the energy in order to get it done. And the Bible said without faith, it is impossible to please him. For those who come to him must believe that he is. And life often causes us to be ambushed by unexpected things. Have you ever found yourself, you woke up in the morning, the day was going good, and before lunchtime you got a text or a phone call, and now your day was all upset. Have you ever had a good day, but then by evening, the whole thing was blown up, torn apart? Somebody contacted you, or you opened a piece of mail, or you heard something, or you found out something, or the doctor's office called you and told you you had something that you didn't know that you had? Have you ever had yourself torn up because of an ambush? Well, it's different here with Israel. Israel, they're the people of God. Israel serves the Lord God Jehovah. Israel serves Elohim, El Shaddai. Israel, Israel is in covenant with the creator of the heavens and the earth. And one day, one day they get captured in a battle. And they get taken back to some land where they've never been. And they are called upon to serve a God they've never heard of. And they are put in bondage. They are slaves in another land. But they were known for their singing. I said they were known, come on, for their worship. Come on. They were known for how they celebrated God. Come on. They were known for their shouting. They were known for their praising. They were known for their bragging on God. They were known for their boasting about the goodness of God. I said they were known for that. You know, a lot of folk are known for a lot of stuff, but I tell you the best thing to be known for is your relationship with God. 
whether you're a preacher or not, a singer or not, an usher or not, a church worker or not, folk ought to know you because of your relationship with God. They ought to know you because of your sweet disposition. They ought to know you because of your positive attitude. They ought to know you because when you come to work, it's like the room lights up. The days when you're off, it's like the job never gets off the ground. You ought to be known for your relationship with God. What did Jesus say? Come on, let your light so shine so that others will see what? They will see the goodness of the Lord and they too will glorify your father in heaven. The truth is I am a praiser. I don't praise the Lord. I'm living praise. I'm walking praise. I'm talking praise. The truth is when I show up, praise just walked in the room. When I show up, I bring the presence of God because the goodness of God in my life is obvious on me. It shows in the way I smile. It sounds in the way that I talk that when I come into place, blessing just walked in the room. Too many people want the Lord to bless them rather than they be the blessing. Let me try that again. I don't need to look for God to bless me. I need to be the blessing that blesses the Lord. The Bible said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. When I walk in, I am blessing walking in the door. Do I have a witness? When people can look at you and they don't see God in you, you need to turn your light on. I say you need to turn your light on because Jesus talked about the light. He said you are the light of the world. I wish I had some help here. Listen, when you go to work, they ought to see the light. And they more especially ought to see the light when you ain't treated right. They ought to see the light when others have been backstabbing you. They ought to see the light when you know they're talking about you behind your back. When you walk in the break room and everybody stops talking and act like they wasn't talking, you know they was talking about you. But you ought to turn your light on when you see that they're working against you. When you find out somebody's backstabbing you, somebody's lying on you, somebody's trying to bust your family up, somebody's trying to get you fired, turn on your light. See, you want to cuss them out, but fire against fire only makes a bigger fire. But the grace of God always overcomes enemy opposition the devil can't do nothing with your light the devil can't do nothing with the grace of God on your life the devil can't do nothing against your testimony listen turn the light on so many people call and so many people talk to me and say pastor you just don't know what they're doing to me down there how should I respond turn your light on Somebody said to me one time, you know, they've been gossiping on me, so-and-so. They told me who it was, told me what they said. Said, do you know him? I said, yes, I know him. Do you know any dirt on him that I can use against him? Why is it we want to pay people back when they never loaned you anything to begin with? Why is it do you feel the obligation to get even when obviously it's not an even fight? Because you living up here and they're living down here. 
The only way to get even is you got to come down to their level. I wish I could get a witness. And the truth is, I don't want to live the kind of life where I got to step down into your mess and step down into your lifestyle and step down into your language and then think I can stand myself back up. The only reason they're hating on you is because you're intimidating them. The only reason they're saying anything against you is because you got something that they want that they don't understand. Rather than you try to go toe-to-toe and get even, turn on your light. You said, well, but this is hard. That's what Israel said. And they said, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat down. Say, by the rivers of Babylon. You know, one thing Israel always wanted was their own river. If you look at a map of Israel and then look at a map of the world, you'll notice most major cities were built on the riverbank because of import and export. And you didn't have trains then and planes for shipping stuff. It had to come in on the boat and go out on the boat. So you hardly found a major city that did not have its own river. Look at how many rivers, look at how many cities are built along the Mississippi River. From the Gulf of Mexico going to the northern United States. Do I have a witness? Look at the Hudson River running through New York City. Look at the Potomac running through Washington, D.C. There's something about the river. Look at the Missouri River. Look at the Tennessee River. There's something about living on the river. But Israel didn't have its own river. Psalm 46, it talks about that when it talks about God as our refuge and strength, very present help in time of trouble. And then it said, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. But they were speaking faith. They didn't have a river. And now they're on the rivers of Babylon. You know, baby, sometimes you get what you want. It just ain't in the right circumstance. Let me try that again. See, you think God didn't answer your prayer because you got what you asked for, but it's not in the scenario that you wanted in. Do I, I got to break it down a little bit more, right? See, you prayed for a husband. The dude that showed up, that's him. He just don't look like him. <laughs> I'm going to find a witness before I quit this. Oh, yeah, that is the answer to your prayer. But you had something in your mind, tall, dark, and handsome. Well, he ain't as tall as you thought. He's lighter than you thought. And he ain't as cute as you thought. But that's the one that's going to take care of you. I I wish I had a witness. That's the one that's going to go to work every day. And bring his check back home rather than stop over by yonder. I wish I had a witness around here. That's the one that's going to make sure that you get the house that you want to turn into a home. And you get the car and the automobile that you want. And guess what, baby? He going to gas it up every week. So you never got to stop at the gas station. That's the one. He just don't look like the one. 
And in too many cases, we turn the blessing down because it doesn't fit our imagination. I'll get a witness here in a minute. But the truth is we got to understand God has a way that we don't understand. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Sometimes the job you're trying to leave is actually the job that God is going to bless you on. But he's got to move some folk out of the way up the food chain so that they can see how loyal you are even though they're not paying you right. And what you're going to find out is that although you're doing more than what they're paying you for, eventually they're going to start paying you for more than what you do. GMAC was having a breakfast a year ago. We had some very important VIPs here in the auditorium. It was for Father's Day. And we had the district attorney here of the county. And we had the police chief here of the county. And they were in my room. Now that's a pretty good combination. There's the DA, the police chief, and the bishop. All in the same room. Come on with me now. And one said to the other, how you doing? He said, oh, I'm doing good. The DA said to him, said, well, I know they're keeping you busy. You know what he said? He said, well, the truth is, I ride around most of the day trying to find something to do. Come on, walk with me now. See, we tend to think the higher the rank, the harder they work. Can I tell you about your job? The ones doing all the work is at the bottom. They're, they're getting paid the less. Do I have a witness? They're the ones that ain't getting no benefit. But what about the guy up at the top? Not only is he making more than he ought to be making, if they fool around and fire him, he's got a golden parachute. He'll get more money for being fired, I wish I had a witness, than you'll make in all the years you'll work there. Understand that your circumstance should not dictate your joy. Your circumstance should not dictate to you whether God answered your prayer or not. I got to tell you the truth about it. Every time God answered my prayer, it never looked like what I dreamed about. Our problem is we pray and then we run ahead of God and imagine what it's going to look like when it shows up. But when it rolls up on the yard, sent from God, it ain't what you was looking for, including Jesus. He came unto his own, and his own received him not because he didn't look like they thought he was going to look. <laughs> Israel wanted a river. They got one in Babylon. And what did they do? Same thing we do. Started crying. I'm not being insensitive. Somebody here today cried themselves to sleep last night. I'm not being insensitive. Someone here today, hardly a day goes by that your eyes don't fill with tears. Sometimes it's over anger and sometimes over disappointment, but you never tell anybody about it. 
every time people see you, they think you're the happiest person in the community. They have no idea what goes on behind closed doors. They have no idea how you've been struggling emotionally. You've been looking and Googling counselors and therapists and who can I talk to and where can I go? You've looked for all kinds of support groups. You've looked for the right books to read. You watch talk shows trying to get tips and ideas. What can I order? What, what guest is going to be on Steve Harvey or going to be on, on TV that I can get some tips from? We don't like to talk about our weeping. Weeping is a personal matter. But ladies, men cry. But they do it in private. I wish I had some help. I know you get mad with that guy say, you don't never talk to me. Because men don't know how to talk about that stuff. Because it makes you feel less than a man. A dude will talk about it to another dude, but he don't want to talk about it to his woman. Because he always wants his woman to think that he's Superman. He always wants his woman to think he's a problem solver. He always wants the woman to think he's a troubleshooter, but the truth is he's full of trouble. He may lose his job and may not even tell you for weeks. I wish I had a witness. He may have lost some money from the savings account, and he's going to try to get it back in there before you see the statement. We all cry, and we all weep. You ain't going to get through this life without crying. I wish I had some help. And can I tell you that because you read the Bible every day, it's not going to stop you from crying. And because you pray every night, that's not going to stop you from crying. And because you pay tithe and go to church, that's not going to stop you from crying. Weeping happens to all. And you know what makes you cry the most? When you remember where you messed up. Oh, if I'd only gone back to school. When I said, I was, oh, when I graduated from high school, I started to go to college. I need to get away from this old family of mine. They keep on pulling on me. And I stayed back, didn't go to college, trying to help mama out. And now my credit is as tore up as hers. I'm just as broke as she is. Oh, when you remember, I got the wrong crowd here. Maybe I can just talk about me. I look back at what I did at 18, at 19, at 20. I was so, so stubborn, huh? So big-headed, huh? You know, you think you know everything when you get out of high school. Come on now. You go off to school, they call you a freshman because you're fresh. The next year, they call you a sophomore. Sophomore is a combination of two Latin words, Sophia, which means wisdom or smart, and moron, which means stupid. A sophomore is a wise fool. It means you've been in school long enough to learn a little something from the books, and now you think you know something about life. But you can't learn life from a textbook, and you can't learn life from the internet. And you can't learn life from hip-hop songs. And you can't learn life from music. And you can't learn life from video games. You can only learn life by living. Anybody ever look back and wept? 
Remember that guy you married when you were too young? Come on now. I'm going to get on your street if I ain't got there yet. Remember the one you just knew y'all be together forever. And you set your life up for that person. I mean, you set everything in motion. This is mine. We're going to be together. Nothing ever get between us. And now you don't even know where they are. Boy, looking back can tear you up. And they were sitting by the river crying. Why were they crying? They said, we wept when we remembered Zion. See, we take Zion for granted. We come up in this church like we're so big and wonderful. I'm going to church today. God ought to be proud of me. Really? Come on now. We take Zion for granted. Sing if we want to, us if we want. I mean, we just take Zion for granted. Hang out a Sunday or two or three if we don't feel like it. You know, I'll go. There are people around this world that the government won't let them worship. There are people in foreign countries their tongues are cut out if they call on the name of Jesus. I don't have a witness here. There are people laying in hospital beds this morning wishing they could go to church. There are people in prison trying to have church in their prison cell because they can't go to church. And don't lie, you ain't here because you've been so good and right. You broke some laws too. The only reason most of us are here because we didn't get caught. We're not here because we've been so right and somebody else is in that hospital because they've been living wrong. It's a blessing to come to the house of prayer. It is a blessing if I don't preach, if the singers don't sing, if the band don't show up, you ought to get just as much joy out of walking in the door on your own without being pushed in a wheelchair, without being carried in on a stretcher, without somebody bringing you in here against your will. You ought to be happy just to be in the number. I was glad when they said unto me, Let's go to the house of the Lord. Oh, I'm going to meddle a little bit. Can I? Can, are y'all all right if I meddle a little bit? Oh, if I'd given you a ticket to go on a Caribbean cruise this weekend. So you don't have to pay nothing. Rube, the ticket is already paid. Here's a first class flight to Miami. Ride up in first class. Eat all the snacks you want. Drink all the wine you want. And then when you get on the ground, get on the ship. It's already paid. Oh, you never stop thanking me. You be texting me on the uh, before the plane get off the ground, Bishop. I sure want to thank you. When the plane land in Miami, and you walk off first, you know most folk when you fly coach, the line is so long. Look like you ain't gonna never get off the plane. Oh, but when you fly first class, and they open the door, you step off first of all. 
Oh, you're going to text me. Bishop, thank you. Thank you again. Then you get down to the dock. And there's that big cruise ship. I wish I had a witness now. And you walk in your cabin. And everything is just the way you want it. Boy, you'd be excited. I wish I had some help. Oh, and you go around the Caribbean. Sit at the captain's table. Well, God made you being here in this ship possible. That ship can drown. The lights can go out on that ship. A hurricane can come up. Get you lost on that ship. But tis the old ship of Zion. I wish I had some help. You, you see, you got to start seeing the blessings of God more precious than the blessings of the world. Oh, yes, I want a good vacation. Yes, I want to see the luxuries of the world. But I'm not going to celebrate what the world has more than I celebrate what God does. If you learn how to be happy in small things, it will promote you to where God will give you some big things. But if you can't say thank you for being in here, then you won't be able to tell him thank you. When you walk the streets of Broadway, when you get off the plane in Las Vegas, when you look at the Eiffel Tower in Paris, when you look at Big Ben in London, when you look at the Taj Mahal, listen, I'm just as happy to be in church today as if I were on a tour of France because the same God reach over, touch somebody, tell them I was glad Tell them again, I was glad when I got up to go to church today. I remember Zion. Healing is in Zion. Victory is in Zion. Joy is in Zion. Breakthrough is in Zion. But look at what they did. They wept. Check your neighbor. Are they looking bored? Slap your neighbor. Say, you ain't supposed to be bored at church. Honey, the old folk used to say, wow, the blood is running warm in your veins. You better be glad you could come in here. You better be glad you could be in the fellowship. You ought to be glad that you can hear God's word. You ought to be glad that you could hear these singers. You ought to be glad because one of these days when your steps get short and your ears get dull of hearing and your eyes get dim you wish somebody would bring you to church but everybody's going to be too busy some say they got to work 
Others say they're going out of town. Others say they don't feel like it. And you're going to sit up in your house and wish you could shake somebody's hand. Wish you could hear the word of God. Wish you could sing with the singers. I'm through. I'm through, but check this out. They were known for praise. And the Babylonians said, hey, sing us one of them Zion songs. And you know what they said? How shall we sing the Lord's songs in a strange land? You know, there was a time I thought they had a good point. Sing the Lord's songs. You got chains on our ankles. How we gonna sing the Lord's songs? We can't get our kosher Jewish diet. How we gonna sing the Lord's songs? Sitting here looking at that temple to idol gods. This is the wrong atmosphere. But the years have changed my mind. The truth is the best place to sing the Lord's songs is in strange times. The best place to sing the Lord's songs is when it seems inappropriate. The best place to sing the Lord's songs is in the doctor's examination room when he tells you you got cancer. The best place to sing the Lord's songs is when you're walking in the courthouse and you don't know how your case is going to come out. The best place to sing the Lord's songs is when you're faced with decisions that other folk made in your behalf. The best place to sing the Lord's songs is when the devil is busy, when the demons are working overtime, when evil comes against you. Because you know what I found out? A song can liberate you. A song can give you power. A song can stir your faith. A song can open doors that no man can close. A song can make a way when there is no way. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? But oh, I want to tell you the best place to praise the Lord is when all hell comes against you. You know the devil is a thief. He's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You know the devil is trying to steal your joy. Do you hear me? You know the enemy wants to take your joy. You say, why does he want to take your joy? Because the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you hear me? When you don't have joy, you ain't got no strength. When you don't have 
joy. You don't feel like getting up in the morning. You don't have an appetite. You don't feel like going to work. You don't feel like going to church when you don't have joy. The devil's number one goal is to take your joy. Now how? Do you know that anybody's got joy? All you got to do is listen to what they sing. Do you hear me? Because the purpose of a song is to demonstrate how the soul really feels when you're down and out, when you don't feel like going on. You sing the blues. You sing about uh, walking the back streets and crying. You sing about uh, the thrill is gone. You sing about uh, why she left me. I don't know. She's gone. Oh, I, I simply run out of places. She's gone. Oh, I, I, I pay the devil to replace her. She's gone. But when you don't give in to the devil and sing a song of joy, in the unemployment line sing a song of joy sitting in the doctor's office when you're going to the operating room sing a song of joy when it seems like all your money is gone and you don't have any hope you borrowed all you could begged up on all you could sing a song of joy and you know what I found out the devil backs off when you praise the Lord yes you know when the devil was named Lucifer he was in charge of praise the praise came out of Lucifer into the ears of the Lord yes and whenever a child of God praises the Lord the devil has to back off you know why cause the Bible said he inhabits the praise of his people when we praise the Lord he shows up and when he shows up he shows out and when he shows out he brings you out oh yes sing when your heart is heavy sing when your enemies rise against you sing when your burdens are heavy sing you know how I know it we're about to take the Lord's Supper the night that Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper the Bible said that he was so burdened down with 
the sins of the world yes he was he knew that the next day he'd be on the cross oh yes he did you know what he did the Bible said he gave the Lord's Supper and then he said they sung a hymn and he went out to the Mount of Olives uh, let me tell you when it seemed like uh, you got all the weight of life on you Well, you did. <laughs> you missed a good place to shout right there. Since you didn't shout right there, I guess I need to tell you one more thing. You said, well, what were they going to sing? You know what the book of Psalms is? It's their hymn book for singing. When they had a chance to sing, they could have sung Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. They could have sung Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear. They could have sung Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. Yes. They could have sung Psalm 37. Do not fret because of evildoers and be thou envious against the workers of iniquity for they'll soon be cut down. They could have sung Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Oh, you lands serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Do you hear me? Oh! 